Hey, this is Pastor Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. Hey, while you're on your phone, why don't you follow us on social media at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today because we want to stay connected with you throughout your week. We hope this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus. So without further ado, here's the message. So welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're visiting with us online or you're in person, we're so glad that you're here. We're in week two of a series we're calling Someday Island. Someday Island. And the premise of this series is that there are these, these islands, these mental, spiritual, emotional islands that we can find ourselves marooned on over the course of our life. We wake up one day and we're like, how did I get here and how do I get out of this place? Um, while we learn to adapt in some mental, emotional, and spiritual places, uh, while we learn to adapt to those things, we know that we're stuck. We're kind of just stuck in this mental uh, place or emotional place. And we're like, you know what, I'd love to get out of this place, but I just don't know how. So to, so to kind of justify, we just say someday, you know, like someday I'll slow down. We talked about that last week. You know, someday I'll get right with God. Someday I'll stop eating so many donuts. You know, so someday, someday, right? And, and, and the idea behind this is um, today's island is a big one. It's another one of these places we get stuck. It's the island of resentment. A lot of us find ourselves washed up on shore of this place where we just are resentful. And I, and I want to prove to you that a lot of us spend time there by doing it this way. Would you raise your hand if someone has ever offended you? Whoa! Some of you are like, yeah, on the way to church by the knucklehead sitting next to me. They offended me, right? I mean, we, we get offended, it seems like, by anyone and everyone. It could be a tone in their voice, an eye roll, a forgotten thank you, a social media post. Someone gave you the bird on the gene, right? I mean, it could be, it could be anything uh, to be uh, you know, rubbing you the wrong way. And sometimes when we're offended, you know, sometimes we just let it go, right? Like, like sometimes we just like, all right, I'll forgive and I'll forget and I'll move on. And we just kind of let it go. But there are other times when we get offended and a person rubs us the wrong way and it just, just grates and it stays stuck and it gets under our skin. And like, you, you're like, you stink-eyed me. You stink-eyed, I'll stink-eye you right back, right? Or you birded me, double birds back for you, right? I mean, it's just we just get angry and we can lash out uh, outwardly. But we're all Christians, and instead of lashing out, you know, outwardly, we know somewhere buried in Leviticus is a verse that says, Thou shalt not giveth the birdeth, right? That's somewhere. <laughs> That's somewhere in Leviticus. So we might not bird them right back physically, but inwardly we're burdening them all over the place, right? Birds flying all over the place. And so we're inwardly stuck and, and angry. And what I'm learning about offense, collecting offenses, is this. Nothing good ever comes from it. Like, no, nothing good comes from resentment or bitterness or offense. I've never met a man who says, I'm a better man today because of my resentment. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say that. Never heard a lady say, I'm happier and healthier because of the grudge I carry. Never heard anybody say, you know, my walk with Jesus is deeper because of the bitterness in my heart for you. I've never heard any of that. The, the island of resentment 
is a bad place to get stranded because resentment leaks, makes us angry and mean and bitter, fractures relationship, it causes distance, it sprouts depression, nothing good, nothing good comes from being stranded on the island of resentment. And instead of saying, well, someday, someday I'll get through that or someday I'll let it go, why not leave this place today saying, man, I'm, I'm out today. I'm going to leave it today. So to anybody who has been betrayed by a friend, wounded by a spouse, angered by a sibling, disappointed by a parent, offended by a pastor, mistreated by a stranger, hear me. Forgiveness is the only way off the island. You will never release your anger. You will never release your bitterness until and unless you forgive. And I know, I know what some of you are thinking, oh great, silly bald man, you know, you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, they didn't give me the stink eye, they didn't shoot me the bird, she destroyed my career. He trashed my reputation. They walked out on our marriage. That drunk driver took the life of my child. Forgive? No. Uh-uh. I'm angry and I'm hurt. They're going to suffer. They're going to pay. C.S. Lewis once said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. And one of the things that distinguishes us one of the things that separates us from the world, one of the ways that the world looks and sees that Jesus is really who he claims to be is that we, my friends, forgive. We forgive. Forgiveness is not optional. If you want to follow Jesus, you will learn to forgive. It's, it's not optional. For forgiveness comes with the burger. <laughs> let, let, let me unpack that. There was a day when I grew up as a kid, when I went to McDonald's, the burger only came one way. Do you remember that? Anybody remember that? It came loaded with everything. Like you couldn't, you couldn't get it your way, right? So a burger came with pickles and onions and mustard and ketchup. That's the way it came. And I hated mustard. And man, when it came, I had to take my napkin and wipe that yellow poison off my bun, right? It came with pickles. I hated pickles. Pickle juice soaked into my bun. I had to pick the bun. My bun looked like it had leprosy when I got done with it. That's the, bur that's the way it came. There was no options, and then Burger King came along. Remember Burger King? You don't want pickles. We'll hold the pickles. Oh, special sauce gets on your nerves? Oh, we don't mind. We'll hold the special sauce. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. That's right. It, well, all kinds of options. It was wonderful. But hear me, church. Jesus is not Burger King. He's the King of Kings. And what I'm here today to tell you is you don't get to pick and choose when you follow him. It's not like I could roll up to that great drive through in the sky and say, uh, one plain Jesus burger, please. Grace, peace, and joy only. Take off the authority of Scripture. Hold the obedience, that forgiveness sauce. No, I don't like that. Hold that too. If you don't believe me, listen to your Bible. Look at Ephesians 4.32. Paul says to the church, Be kind to each other, tender-hearted. Check this out. 
forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That doesn't sound optional to me. When Jesus taught the apostles how to pray, do you remember this little line in the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who what? Sin against us. Doesn't sound optional to me. Jesus taught so much about forgiveness that one day Peter just had to ask him a question. He's like, all right, this forgiveness stuff, you talk about it a lot. I got a question. Look at Matthew 18, 21. Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? The, the, the rabbis of that day said, you only had to forgive somebody three times. On the fourth time, you didn't have to forgive them. So Peter said, how many times do I have to, how about seven? Peter said, oh, forget the three. What if I do even more than that? How about seven times? And Jesus said, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And, and what Peter took away from that is there is no limit. You don't keep score. You, you forgive every single time. And then Jesus comes to the crown jewel of forgiveness, the Mount Everest of forgiveness. Listen to what he says right here. Look at Matthew 6, 14. Again, these are the words of our Savior. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Watch this. But if you refuse, if you won't, if you don't, Forgive others. Your Father will not forgive you. That, that's deep. That's high. That's wide. That's, it doesn't sound optional to me. Jesus says forgiveness is so important. It's so critical. How you dish it out is going to be how God dishes it out to you. Jesus never, ever, ever, ever made forgiveness optional. If you want to follow Jesus, you will be required to forgive. And as we talk about forgiveness today, I want to make sure you understand what it is, but you also need to understand what it isn't, because we have these crazy ideas on what it means to, to forgive somebody, and a lot of what we believe is not true. Let me tell you what forgiveness isn't. Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you ignore harmful behavior. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that the consequences are somehow magically canceled out. No, there are still consequences. Doesn't mean you let anybody walk all over you. It doesn't mean that you pretend like you were never hurt. No. Someone wrongs you, you can totally feel hurt. Doesn't mean that we become friends again with the person who wronged us. Somehow we believe that if I forgive somebody, I got to be their friend again. No, you don't. It doesn't mean that we reconcile. It doesn't even mean that I tell them doesn't mean that, that i got to wait till they ask. It doesn't mean any of that. So, so what does it mean? When you look at the Greek word forgive, the word that Jesus used, it's really, really simple. What forgiveness means is that you let it go. You let go. You release. You drop. Norm Wright wrote one of the best definitions of forgiveness I've ever read in my life. Listen to what he said. Forgiveness involves letting go. Remember playing tug-of-war as a kid, as long as the parties on each end of the rope are tugging, you've got a war. But when someone lets go, the war's over. When you forgive, you are letting go of your end of the rope. If you release your end, the war is over for you. That's it. Forgiveness means releasing my offender and turning him or her over to the hands of God. It's saying, 
I know what you've done. I feel the pain of what you've done. But I choose to not be the one who determines what's justice for you. I will forgive. I will relinquish my role of judge, jury, and executioner. And I'll let God be the one to deal with that. Now, now, now that's hard. Doing that is hard. But, but let me, why does Jesus talk so much about letting go? Like, like why, why is this something we've got to learn? Because if you hang on to the rope, if you do not let people go who've harmed you, it does more damage. Let me, let me give you two reasons. Walk out here with two really practical handles. If you don't release people, if you don't let it go, you, you, you're being dangerous. Because here's why. Holding on causes more damage. If you do not let somebody go, if you don't drop your end of the rope, holding on will cause you more damage. Jesus was teaching one day about how we should forgive others no matter what they do. And listen to what the apostles say afterwards. Look at Luke 17, 5. The apostles said to the Lord, you mean I got to forgive everybody? Increase my faith. <laughs> like how in the world am I supposed to do? I got to have more faith if we're going to do that. And then look what Jesus says. He does something really confusing. Like he's talking about forgiveness and they're like, oh, I don't know if I have enough faith. And then look at what he says. He said, if you have faith, as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea. Now, a lot of you, if you've grown up in church, you say, oh, faith of a mustard seed, you say to the mountain, go. And, and, and that, he does say that at one point. But right here, he's like, if you got the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say this mulberry tree. It's like, what, what just happened? We're talking about forgiveness. The apostles are like, I don't know. We got to have more faith. And Jesus says, well, if you have a, a little bit of faith, you can say to this mulberry tree. He's linking unforgiveness, anger, and bitterness to a mulberry tree. I'm like, what is that all about? So I had to stop, and I spent a couple of hours studying. You ready for this? Mulberry trees. Woohoo! <laughs> right? Now, now, actually, actually, in the Greek, it's not mulberry tree. The Greeks didn't have a mulberry. There were no mulberry trees growing in the Middle East. It, it, it's the English equivalent. The mulberry tree is the closest equivalent that we have the Greek is sycamine tree, sycamine tree. They grew all over Israel. They still grow today. So Jesus is linking unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, resentfulness to a sycamine tree. And so I'm like, all right, what's a sycamine tree? And why does he link the two together? Well, you find some pretty, pretty uh, interesting things. The sycamine tree had a very deep root structure. And what that meant was these trees were incredibly hard to kill. Do you see what he's doing? He's linking resent, resentfulness, bitterness, and unforgiveness to something that's hard to kill. So the heat didn't kill these trees because their roots went so deep. So, I mean, yeah, if you cut the tree off at the stump, sprouts would grow out the stump, and it'd just keep on growing. And as Jesus is talking about resentfulness and bitterness, he's saying, listen, it's hard to kill, and if you don't uproot it, if you just bury it, it's going to keep bubbling up and it's going to keep growing and its roots are going to wrap around your heart, wrap around your soul. It's going to choke the life out of you if you, just, if you just think that you're just going to baby it. Also, look at Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. Let no root of bitterness. So, so again, this, this, this tree, as he's linking it, he said, man, resentfulness has deep roots. Bitterness, anger, deep roots. 
The second thing I learned about the sycamine tree is that the wood, <laughs> this is crazy, the wood was used for building caskets. Let that soak for a minute. The wood was so hard. These trees grew everywhere. They were, I mean, but they would chop these things down and they would use the wood to bury dead people. And, and Jesus is talking about resentfulness, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. He said, listen, if you don't deal with this, you're building your own coffin. When we refuse to forgive bitterness, anger, resentment, man, they, they don't stay inside of us. It leaks out. It poisons everybody around us. It begins to erode our joy, our peace, our passion, our zest for life. The negative emotions that flow out of an unforgiving heart really can start to even damage your physical well-being. Did, did, did you know anger and resentment that come from an unforgiving heart produce a chemical in your body called cortisol? I didn't realize this. Like, like, like if you are harboring resentment and it's angering you to, to, to a point, your body's flooded with cortisol. And here's what cortisol can do. It can shrink your brain, cause stress, cause weight gain, lead to depression, heart disease. It can even impact your sex drive. You want to get your bojo back. <laughs> Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Yeah, baby. <laughs> that was a horrible Austin Powers impersonation. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. See, I get in trouble when I don't stay on my notes. I'm so sorry. Listen, holding on. I'm going to hold on to my end of the rope. Holding on just hurts you. And that's why Jesus says you've got to learn to let it go. Somebody may have offended me a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And I don't let it go, and I simmer, and I stew about it, and I dream that they get run over by a cement truck, you know, anger about it. I, I want to get even. Listen to me. Even never comes. Even never comes. And while I'm miserable, <laughs> here's the wild thing. While I'm miserable about that person who offended me, that person who wronged me doesn't even remember my name. It doesn't impact them. They don't even, they're not even thinking about what they did to me five years ago. Resentment is like setting yourself on fire and hoping the smoke gets in the other person's eyes. Resentment can't change the past. It can't correct the problem. doesn't change the person. doesn't even hurt the person. It only hurts you. And that's why Jesus says you've got to let it go. You hold on, you're just hurting yourself. Look at Psalm 37, 8. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. So, 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 so God wants us to forgive. He wants us to just let go. Holding on to the rope robs, poisons, wrecks us. So that's why we got to let go. It'll damage us if we don't. But there's another reason why we got to let go. Not only is it... You know, is it harmful for us? It distorts our vision of God. If you don't let go of your end of the rope, you will have a distorted view of God. We don't really hear a lot about sin in the church today. And maybe that's a new term for you. Maybe you're new to church. You're like, I hear that a lot, but what does that even mean? Well, let me give you a, a real simple working definition of what we mean when we say the word sin. Sin would be this. Anything that God wants me to think, say, or do that I don't, or things that God says I shouldn't think, say, or do, and I do. Okay, you with me? 
A sin would be something that God would say, okay, I don't want you to say, think, or do, and I go ahead and do it. Or God says, I want you to say, think, or do, and I don't. That's, that's what sin would be. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about it this way. How many times a day do you sin? <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Don't share it with your neighbor. They might scoot away from you, all right? But I mean, how many times a day do you think, say, or do something that God doesn't want you to say, think, or do? Or how many times do you not say, think, or do something God would want you to do? So let's just have a little fun with this. Maybe you say, okay, I, maybe, maybe two. <laughs> well, add another one because you lied. That's another sin, right? All right, maybe you say, all right, 10, maybe 10 times a day. Maybe you're like 100, 100. If you're 100, now you're coming down front after the end of the service. We're going we're gonna to get right with Jesus, right? But as I was thinking about this, I'm like, okay, well, how many times a day do I sin, right? And I'm like, well, you know what? Let me do this. Let me think about who the most spiritual person on our staff is. Let me compare myself to them. So I thought, who's the most spiritual person on our staff? And, and it's Josh Cooper. <laughs> what? Did you know that Josh Cooper's nickname in college was DJ Righteous? Did you know that? Not too many people know that, because I just made it up, but it sounds really good. As a matter of fact, when you see Josh Cooper, the next time you see him, you say, hey, DJ Righteous, and we'll have a lot of fun with that. But let's just say we're Josh Cooper good, all right? We're, we're DJ Righteous. We, let, let's just say, for the fun of it, let's just say we only sin three times a day. We only sin, let's just, let's just we're, we're real spiritual, right? I did the math. Three times a day... Every day for a year would be 1,095 sins. Let's say you live to be about 75, 76, 77. I'm not going to count the sins you did as a kid, but let's say you, know, you, start, you know, like start at six or something and you live to be 70 years times 1,095 sins is 76,650. That's just for three a day. Now stop for a second. Imagine at the end of your life standing before the king of creation, God Almighty, the God whose standard is perfection, and you've got 76,650 tickets, 76,650 transgressions, 76,650 times you broke his law, 76,650 acts of rebellion, and that's just for three a day. How do you feel? How do you think you're going to stand in front of him. I'm feeling like, man, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to outwit or outsmart God. There's no way I'm going to be able to explain all of that. There's no way I can meet the fine. If he meets me with justice, if he gives me what I deserve, I am in big trouble. So thank God he doesn't give me what I deserve. Thank God he doesn't meet me with justice. Thank God, because of his son paying the penalty, he forgives me. Thank God I'm forgiven. Yeah, you can clap for that. <laughs> See, when we get that, that's what we do. When we get that, we're like, oh, praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And that's, and that's right, and that's good. But how come when I get that, I don't understand how much he's forgiven me that I can't forgive somebody else. Why has that always blocked me? How come I have trouble 
forgiving that one person who flipped me off on the gene. Why, why was that? Oh, I hope you crash, right? <laughs> How can I accept his grace and mercy and go out and give my offender nothing but justice and the stink eye, right? What does it say about my understanding of who God is and what he's done when I refuse to forgive? I'm preaching this to me, so I'm not saying this to you. Well, I am, but I'm saying it to me, all right? There's nothing more regrettable, nothing more unfortunate, nothing more shallow than a forgiven Christian who refuses to forgive. And I say that to me. When I refuse to forgive, it's, it's because I've forgotten how much I've been forgiven. My vision of God, my vision of Jesus is blurred. You will never be more like God when you forgive. You'll never be more different when you don't. One, one, one more thing for you to consider about forgiveness. I want you to turn to your neighbor and answer this question. Do you think we'll hold grudges in heaven? Turn to your neighbor and tell them. You think we'll hold grudges? You think I'm going to be walking down the pearly streets of gold or the golden streets of gold and uh, I see my, there, there's my Christian boss, Tom, who fired me and treated me like dirt. You think I'm going to walk past Tom and give him the stink eye and hope the pearly gates fall on him and take him out? No. Here comes Nancy. Man, on, on earth, Nancy treated me like a dog, told lies about me, threw me under the bus. Do you think I'm going to get into heaven and go, hey, Nancy, and give her the double bird in heaven? <laughs> no. I'm going to see Tom, and I'm going to see Nancy, and we're going to hug, and we're going to laugh, and we're going to say, man, can you look at this place? We're going to serve Jesus. We're going to worship Everything wrong will be made right. Everything broken will be mended. Every sin will be forgiven. So, friend, if we won't hold grudges over there, why waste time holding them here? If anger and bitterness, if the consequence of sin isn't remembered over there, why waste any energy and effort keeping it alive in here? Let it go. Drop your rope. Maybe today it's time to drop your rope. I'm not saying. Again, remember, I'm not asking you to deny the pain. No, the pain's real. Forgiveness doesn't make us best friends. Forgiveness doesn't negate the consequences of what they did to me. Forgiveness isn't dependent upon them even asking me for it. Forgiveness doesn't even mean I've got to tell them that I've forgiven them. But when I let go of my end of the rope, the chains of resentment fall off. It digs up the root of bitterness and anger. Some of you are angry. Some of us are angry because we can't forgive. Some of us are bitter and it's leaking out on our kids and our wives and our husbands and our spouses and our coworkers because we just, it's in there and we just aren't hanging. We're not letting go. You'll never be more like the Savior than when you forgive. You'll never be set free from someday island unless you forgive. So let's put, let's put some skin in the game. I want you to look at the next slide. Look at this blank. Whew. Whose name needs to go right there? Who has disappointed you, hurt you? Who sinned against you? 
Who are you hanging on? Whose rope are you hanging on to today? Are you, again, you acknowledge the pain. That's right. That's good. You acknowledge that, uh, that there's some blame. Yeah, yeah, bl blame is totally fine. But are you ready just to turn them over to God? C can you find a way to let go of the rope? On your way out, Either door you walk out of, there, there's a little piece of rope for you on a table. I know I'm asking you to do something. Some of you, I'm asking you to do something you never thought you could do. And in your own strength, you can't. But I want everybody to pick up a little piece of this rope because maybe you're not ready right here, right now. But you want to you, you release the rope. So you're going to take a little piece of rope, and I want you to just carry it in your pocket, put it in your purse. I want you to have a little time with God at some point in the next days and weeks to come about why letting go will benefit you and why letting go will clear your vision of God. And when you're ready to release your end of the rope, I want you to take that little piece of rope, and I just want you to pray. And talk to God about what you need to do. And again, I'm not asking you to be best friends or tell them you forgave them. Or doesn't mean that the feelings are automatically going to go away, but you're just going to drop your another rope. When you do, after you pray that little prayer, then just trash your rope. Throw it away, burn it, do whatever you want to do as a symbolic way of saying, God, I really want to drop my, my end of the rope. I really want to get off the island of resentment. Let me pray. Well, thanks again for tuning in. I hope that message encouraged you to love, live, and lead like Jesus, to become a disciple that makes more disciples. That is why Fern Creek Christian Church exists. Hey, while you're already on your mobile device, why don't you go to Apple Store or Google Play and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today. On the app, You'll be able to see other podcasts we have, just like this one. You'll be able to stay up to date on Fern Creek Christian Church news and announcements, and you'll see events and the church calendar throughout the year. Man, you need to download this app today. I'm serious. Go do it. Hey, I want to take a second to invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings, either online or in person. We have three services, one at 845 that we call our homecoming service. That features more hymns and southern gospel music. But then we also have two contemporary services at 10 and 1115. If you would like to give to the ministry happening here at Fern Creek, I want you to go online to our website, www.ferncreekcc.org, and click on the big giving tab you'll see on our main page. If you would like to talk more about the message you just heard or you would like to pray with somebody, call us at 502-239-9300. Again, that's 502-239-9300. Or email us at office at ferncreekcc.org. Well, if you're not already a member at Fern Creek Christian Church, we want this place to become your home. So with that, hope you have a blessed rest of your week. Grace, peace. See you next time, church.